how are you feeling? Uh, how are you doing? How has this whole pandemic been uh, been on you and your family? Uh, it's been okay. I mean, it's a little scary. You know, nobody has gotten it close to me, but you know, you never know what could happen. I have like a grandfather who's in his 90s, so we've been really cautious. My mom is a nurse, so she was like really careful. Some of us, well, some people in my family have like kind of like health issues, so just been really careful. But luckily, we've been okay as a family, and uh, it's definitely changed things. There's not much hugging and kissing anymore. There's more like elbowing, but uh, you know, I gotta get good with my elbows anyways for my fight. So. <laughs> How is the uh, how does that play a factor in whether or not you accept a fight throughout the pandemic? I know a lot of people are like, I don't really care. I'm just going to fight anyway. But I'm sure these thoughts are on the back of your mind. You know, obviously, you don't want to put your family at risk, your friends at risk. So what sort of things do you balance when taking a fight uh, during all of this? Um, well, yeah, this, that, that, that makes a, you make a good point about putting people at risk. So, um, you know, I just I considered in general just, you know, if there was a fight opportunity, being patient and having that opportunity would be awesome because you know what, I'm getting older and there's not going to be much uh, going, I'm 35. So, you know, if this th whole thing pans out for like the next 10 years and nobody can fight or do anything, then I'll be like 40, 50. So I, I you know, definitely would be taking fights regardless, but um, I was planning no matter where it would be to quarantine at, for the like, you know, two weeks after if I did come home and I did travel. Um, luckily I am in the state of Connecticut. Um, so I am, right where I live. So I don't think I'll do the 14 days, but I will be careful. I probably won't go see my grandfather. I barely do now. Like I'll see him, but I won't really like hug and stuff like that just to be careful, just in case. How was, uh, how was training been throughout the entire thing? I've talked to a lot of fighters and most of them have been like, I've kind of dialed down on the like sparring and whatnot because I can't, but they've been doing more cardio and running. So, so what's that been like for you and what sorts of uh, alterations have you made uh, throughout the entire pandemic? Yeah, I think a lot of us are in the same boat. I was kind of doing like two to three days, a, uh, or two to three sessions a day, whether it just be like a strength and conditioning and then going to the gym and sparring and, and doing some sh like just regular sh um, shadow boxing and uh, drills with uh, classroom or classes. But um, that obviously gyms had to close. They can't have people touching and sparring with mixed martial arts specifically, even wrestling. I was really getting um, really excited with my wrestling. And, you know, that's almost like the worst. <laughs> like you're like, like literally that in yeah. jiu um, So that was a little tough. But yeah, outdoors, a lot of things. Uh, my, my, best friend and coach and his fiance live on a lake. So I learned how to swim in a lake, even though it's a little creepy versus the pool. There's things underneath that I don't know what's in there. Um, yep. Biking. I got my bike fixed, uh, try to kind of figure out what was going around my house because I don't have a bike rack. So I was just driving the bike around and the boyfriend and I, we were doing some some lifting at the house. Um, but yeah, just trying to get it in any way we can. I started a garden, you know, so I'm moving around at least outside. <laughs> so. You were scheduled to compete, was it back in, I think it was in March, I think you were one of the last events to, to really kind of like cancel because of the pandemic. Describe the uh, the roller coaster of emotions. I mean, you're getting news that it might cancel, but yet it's not officially canceled, so you're still kind of prepping for it. So describe all of that uh, up until the cancellation, kind of like everything that's kind of unfolding. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because um, we were hearing like there might be something coming up with COVID. They might have something. But I was kind of like just make the weight, focus on the weight cut, focus on getting there Thursday and just like being don't worry about anything else. So I, I didn't really have like that emotional like, oh, it might get canceled. It might not. It was just just do the same thing you normally do and don't change anything um, and, and see what happens. And at that point, we made weight. We went to, you know enjoy our food after and the next day you know hair braiding ready to go for the fight like I think we were eating lunch and that was when the rumors really started coming in with the messages and things because when I'm cutting weight too I'm not really looking at like you know the internet or talking to my friends I'm like just focused on the fight making weight and then I'm like studying what I'm going to do in the fight against my opponent 
So uh, that was like the day of the fight when the whole like, okay, it's official. You're not going to fight. I'm like, until I hear it from an actual person from Bellator, I'm not going to change anything. And then like officially they told me. So I was like, okay. And yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Emotionally, it, it did suck, but I'm just, you know, I understand they have to be safe. They don't want us to get sick. Um, so I just, you just kind of just dealt with it and you just went forward, you know? Yeah. So it was supposed to be the biggest fight of your career, possibly, uh, against Leslie Smith. And it kind of worked out because you got, in my opinion, an even bigger fight coming upcoming this weekend. Um, and Julia Budd. So kind of describe, uh, I guess the emotions here, fight week, uh, the biggest fight of your life. How are you feeling a few days out? Uh, I feel great. You know, every fight is uh, the, one of the, I, I kind of like trying to be in the moment. You know, every fight's the biggest fight at the moment. Um, sometimes people will be like, oh, you're fighting Julia Budd, but what do you think of Cyborg? I'm like, hey, how about I'm right now fighting Julia Budd? So that's all I'm thinking about at the moment, okay? So just, yeah, I'm excited to just get in there and, and get the job done. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> what does your uh, fight week routine look like? Um, it's fight week. So I'm sure uh, I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, Rafion Scott's like he watches Netflix. He just kind of relaxes, just kind of tunes everything out. What's it like for you? And how is this, you know, having to go in quarantine for 48 hours? How has that kind of like affected uh, your, your fight week preparation? Well, I don't sit still very well, so I could say that. So being in a room, um, I'm here with my best friend and my coach's fiance, Missy, and I'm thankful that she's here because if it was any of the coaches, I love those guys, but they probably would have killed me by now because I'm like, woo. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have um, an actual rower in the room, so I'm able to do some exercise with that, and we have some plans to do some other yoga and all kinds of just, you know, uh, burpees and jumping jacks. I have a jump rope and, you know, something that we're moving around at least. I might even just jump on the bed randomly just because I can. <laughs> so um, I'll find ways um, to just like kind of get those calories in, but it's definitely different. Like normally um, I'd probably wake up, go to the pool just to get that extra cardio in the morning. And then I would either be writing in my notebook notes and, and going over strategy with my coach and a couple other people and then training. So um, it would be light, but still like doing something where I'm interacting with a lot of people. So it's a little different being in a room, but Misty's here and I'm happy at least she's here. <laughs> I know you said, uh, you know, every fight to you is your biggest fight, but you have to look at Julia Budd and look at her accomplishments. I mean, she was Bellator champion. Her only losses are to three of the greatest females of all time. How do you view her as an opponent and what sorts of uh, alterations to your, uh, like your, your mindset and your training goes into this knowing how good she is and, and, and her background? Yeah, she's been in the game, I think, uh, over 20 years or about 20 years. You know, she has a lot of experience, a lot of cage time, uh, ring time. Um, she's, you know, she's patient. You can, you can, there's a lot of video footage on her where I can watch her fights. Um, so this time around, I think the difference actually for the last year and a half um, before the Leslie Smith fight was me kind of studying my own fights more and studying like how I would fight myself and working with my coaches on, you know, finding where my areas of opportunity for my opponents uh, would be. So I can capitalize on understanding like, oh, well, if I was going to fight myself, I would do that. <laughs> so um, that has helped me a lot. And uh, that has changed. Um, and then just in general, just being really uh, cautious on like studying her footage to see like where she's really good and where she has uh, where's, where's their vulnerabilities are for fighting her. So, um, yeah. You're coming off two two close uh, two close victories. How do you like? Do you review those tapes and being like, okay, look, they were close fights. These are areas where I can improve. Or do you focus more on her? Like, what? Like, how do you balance it? Like, do you watch more of your tape and see areas you can improve, or do you look at her tape and find flaws and errors she makes? 
And no, how do you balance that? About, yeah, it's more about me. Like I've, I started with everything. I started boxing, do, doing jujitsu. I have more jujitsu tournaments under my belt just because you don't have to get blood tested and you know all that stuff. Uh, so I was able to jump in as much as I could. But um, and then there's a lot of other. Um, a lot of skills that I have that in a lot of my fights, I don't necessarily see myself applying them. And it's just, you know, there's an adrenaline rush. Sometimes you're like, I just want to get the job done. <laughs> like, let me, you know, so anything can happen in the cage. It's different for everybody. So, um, yeah, I do study myself a lot to see, oh, wow, look at what I'm doing there. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just, um, I think that's more something that I do is study a little bit more about myself um, than the other people. Cause it, sometimes there's no footage on another person that's your opponent and you just have to go in there and get the job done in it anyway. So. Do you think that's a perk as well, knowing that, you know, your footage, some of your footage may not be as accessible as hers, uh, might be a little bit harder to find some of your tape? Do you think that's a, an advantage for you? Um, I, I mean, maybe, but like at the end of the day, like I, I feel like every fight I try to, um, I want to apply more of my game plan. I'm, I'm the better fighter every time I get in there. So I don't know if it'll matter, to be honest, if, even if there was a lot of footage out there. I know you. Uh, I know you said you didn't really want to talk about a potential matchup with with Chris Cyborg, but I but I have to ask if you get this thing done um, on Friday night, is that is that a fight you'd be interested? In? I'm sure it's something that you'd love to and uh, to have. But uh, and how would you match up with with Chris Cyborg? Yeah. So first of all, when I get this thing done on Friday night is the terminology I would use. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna it's awesome you know uh, it's a great opportunity to fight julia but it's a great opportunity to potentially be able to get to the next level and fight uh, chris cyborg but no matter what there's just there's always you know i'm, I'm always learning and i'm always going to uh progress and i'm not gonna turn that fight down it, it, you know she's an amazing fighter both of them are but there's always um, everybody's beatable and there's always a way so there's another fight um that night uh ryan bader is headlining that card against vadim nemkov how do you uh, how do you predict that one going um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I feel like, to be honest, it's been a little bit crazy because of COVID. So I feel like for me, for example, during the whole COVID thing, I have developed a lot more patience and appreciation. So, um, I really don't have a prediction. I think anything can happen like coming out of that COVID, um, craziness that we're all in a different place now. So, um, I'm just kind of excited to be able to hopefully watch it after my fight. <laughs> so we'll see. Cause sometimes I got to wait and go in the back and then, you know, so that'll be kind of fun though, if I can watch it. <laughs> I want to ask. Uh, I'm sure you watch a lot of uh, women's MMA. I'm sure you're you're a big fan. I mean, I'm I've looked at the list: Gina Carano, Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg, Amanda Nunes. I'm like, who would I consider the goat? And I've been back and forth the past little while. Recently, I've been leaning Amanda Nunes. As someone who fights, I mean, I'm just seeing this from the outside. Someone who's been in the octagon. What what is or been in the cage? Who do you have as number one uh, female fighter of all time? Um, so I think that everybody, first of all, number one female fighter of all time is everybody has something like uh, Gina Carano during when I was first starting out was number one female at all time, female fighter of all time at that point. You know what I mean? Right now, I see Chris Cyborg is the uh, number one female fighter of all time, even though she did get beat by Amanda Nunes. The, she, you know, it doesn't mean that Amanda Nunes could do it again. You never know, you know. So um, I still see Chris Cyborg as right now the number one for at least my division, um, you know, 145, 135 area. That's what I see. I want to talk about that, the 145 division, because, I mean, in Bellator, Bellator is starting to kind of establish it. They're kind of building it up. UFC's really just got like the four or five girls there. What do you think it will really take to, to build this division, to make it as big as uh, 135 or 115? Do you think that there's just not enough talent, or do you think that maybe they just need to kind of like find a way to unite them? Or how do you, how do you get this division up and running? 
I, you know, I went out to the Ultimate Fighter tryouts, the um, the 145 pound division, and there was a number of really amazing fighters that I actually made friends with. We were there for a week. Um, there was probably at least 10 girls that were between like 135 and 155 um, that were great. You know, they're fighting for Invicta, some for um, PFL, uh, some uh, right now. One of them's in the UFC. Uh, she went a little lighter. Some of them have gone a little lighter. Uh, one of them, I think, went up to the PFL was 155, I believe. So I don't force, I foresee like if Bellator kind of just even like looks up the, that list of names and like starts signing people. I mean, we could definitely build a 145 pound division. I'm not sure that UFC really wants to. Uh, do much with it so you know whoever's still there over on contract that gets off contract they could even co come on over like megan anderson and such whatever works but i don't see anybody or i don't i don't foresee that there's an issue with building the 145 pound division there's definitely enough people um it's just a matter of them calling some girls and getting them in <laughs> with everything that's kind of unfolded i mean the only talk for a long time of mma was about fight island have you have you considered you know maybe going to fight abroad somewhere else throughout all of this? Or are you like a homebody who's like I like fighting in the U.S. I like fighting in my hometown? Or are you someone who likes to travel for fights? Oh man, I would love to travel overseas. That'd be great. I the farthest I, I fought in Canada. I fought Charmaine Tweet in Canada uh, in Regina, Saskatchewan. So um, you know I'd go back to Canada happily. Um, I would go anywhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously um, there's some consideration with like those countries that have got like you know with the covid had some illness and some issues with that but um i'm pretty sure bellator is going to be very protective of its fighters and not just bring us to somewhere that is not safe so let's hope <laughs> but um yeah i'm totally open to that all right i'll ask you a couple more questions and then i'll uh, and then i'll let you go um the big thing i find a lot of fighters have talked about is kind of the awkwardness of the no attendance how do you feel that's going to affect your performance i mean you're going to be able to hear both corners you're going to be able to hear commentary but at the same time walking out without without a crowd has to feel a bit weird have you experienced anything like that and if not how do you think it's going to affect your performance i mean well if you consider like you're in your gym sparring it might just be there might not even be like a class going on so maybe there's some music on so it's not like much different i feel like that in like a sparring session where there's not a lot of people i got my corner you know yelling at me and their their corner yelling at them um I just, I guess the biggest issue for me is that I'm not going to have any excuse if I, uh, if my corner tells me to do something and I don't do it. So I'm kind of like, damn it, I can't be like, I couldn't hear you. So um, <laughs> that's the only thing. Um, if I'm not listening to them, they're going to be like, I know you could hear me. <laughs> so. so last question, what sorts of things you do in your, in your free time, especially throughout the pandemic? I mean, I was bored as all hell and ended up starting and I just decided to interview uh, MMA fighters. What sorts of things do you do in your free time uh, when you're, not training and and not prepping for fights cool so uh you did mention video games before our um, conversation and it's funny because my boyfriend is a big, big gamer and he has um, a playstation and we've played a couple of things of like streets of streets of rage um we've been I, I sometimes will go up and watch him he'll play his games and i will probably watch like uh movies on netflix like you were saying too like the kissing booth actually me and this year watching right now and just some girly movies and That's or an you know full movie by the way very underrated yeah, yeah, so good. Oh my god! And sometimes he'll watch with me, and we'll we'll mix it up. We have bunny rabbits. He also is a, a producer and music uh, musician, so he'll DJ in the house, and I will put on my light up shoes and dance around like we're pretty much at a club. And then I will shadow box and practice my martial arts. So that's what we've been kind of doing the the whole time during COVID, and um, it's been fun. We've opened the garage and done it outside, so I got my garden. But yeah, that's pretty much most of it. <laughs> 
right, I can't I can't wait to watch you on Friday night. All the best. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And huge, huge opportunity, co-main event spot. So all the best. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Stay safe. You too.